Hey everyone, like Sophie's to- gonna set the scene. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna set the scene. Because I just feel like this is the highest octane power that this podcast has ever had. I just feel like, like just before this, I was writing notes on my notes app on the laptop. I just feel like this is a business meeting for the first time. No, literally. I was also taking, I was writing down notes. Exactly. Like, I think we're really stepping it up. I feel like we can, I feel like we have a leg to stand on in the podcast world because I agree. At this point, if someone gives us a two-star review, it's because of us, our personalities. Exactly. And not our lack of preparation. Gone are the days And here's days the thing, of... that is scary. Right. That... <laughs> it's vulnerable. That does put the pressure... It puts the pressure on us. But I think that it's important. Exactly. Gone are the days that people could leave us a two-star review for poor audio quality although we are still recording this on our iphones so absolutely absolutely because there's a there's a level of humility that i want to keep with us um and i'm not interested in i'm not interested in any other route me neither yeah i think we're we're just two girls with iphones okay we're both in our childhood bedrooms also so we can't we are because well i can't tell you guys, I'm I on my dad's computer. Talk. I forgot mine in Provo, and he just I'm always gonna take a has... screenshot. I think we should do a urine review, right? Mm-hmm. In a way. But by urine review, we mean <laughs> we're just going to share something that a we... A singular takeaway. Yes. So don't yeah. don't start skipping ahead, okay? No. <laughs> no. A year in review is a poor name for it, I will say, but we just both finished our junior year at... Brigham Young University. Sure. For some of us, it was our second junior year. Hey, and second time's a charm. Yeah. Camille, why don't you start us off? Okay. Uh, allow me to pull up my notes. Okay. So here's just a little bit of background. I feel like through a lot of growing up, I was like pretty confident in speaking up in classes. There were probably moments where I felt kind of more poorly about myself academically when I did not feel so confident. But overall, like, I don't know. I felt like I was able to kind of overcome like some shyness that I had when I was younger able to like you know raise my hand but I feel like in college I've had a hard time with that and I remember Mm -hmm. being in my intro to global women's studies class my very first semester at BYU I was 18 and everyone in the class seemed so much older than me which really in hindsight they were not that much older they all seemed so much older and like they just had so much more life experience so we would be talking about gender roles or blah blah you know And people would raise their hands and they'd say, yeah, like my mother-in-law or yeah, like my husband, blah, blah, blah. Or yeah, when I did my study abroad, just like all these things, I just had no even like nothing to grasp. I was like, like, I could understand what they were saying, but I was like, I have nothing to add to this, which is sad in hindsight because I'm like, those girls were so cool. Like I would have loved to have made friends with them, but I was just so quiet, so scared because I felt like I just had nothing to say. And then I think it can, that is kind of a trap that can lead you into, then you're in classes and when people are like saying things, you're like, oh, they know what's going on. So here's what yeah. I learned. Okay. And this has been something I've learned a lot of times, but I think it's starting to stick a little bit more. You have to let go of the narrative that you're like behind everyone else or that everyone else knows what they're doing and you don't or that, you know, just all of those things. You just have to kind of let it go because there's always someone in the class who's raising their hand every five seconds and doesn't know anything. Everyone has to find that balance. Like, maybe if you have never felt this, 
maybe you should listen a little bit more. But yeah, if you have felt this, it's actually like so okay. And it feels once you kind of like take the leap and like start participating a little bit more. And I know I just sound like every college guidance counselor or like every professor on the first day. But once you start raising your hand a little bit more or like talking to professor, it gets so much easier. But the feeling I want to avoid is the feeling where you're like, shoot, I got a bad grade on this. I can't go talk to my professor. I'm, I like haven't been to class in two weeks. Like yeah. everyone in this class seems like they know each other. I hope I'm not sitting in the seat where someone always sits. You know, yeah. it just feels so much better when you can make yourself belong. And, like, yeah. usually no one's going to do it for you. So it's awesome mm-hmm. when you can do that. And I will also say, I somehow chose a major where every project is a group project, pretty much. And it's sure. often a presentation. And I feel like those are two things that a lot of people hate. And yeah. I feel like it's been really um, important for me to, like, I think I used to be the person that would be in a group and think, like, okay, this person, you know, these people can't do it. I'll just do the whole thing. Or be like, okay, they're already done. I'm not, you know, I don't know how much I have to add. But you have to just learn how to delegate delegate and work in a group because I feel like that's just what the workplace often is. Yeah. So that's really important. And then also just getting over the fear of, like, class presentations. It was so empowering because, like, I didn't really have very many finals last semester. It was all kind of presentations. So empowering to just get up there, say it, and you're like, that was actually not a huge deal. And I think it kind of depends on the person, how, you know, how, like, comfortable you are with claiming space. But I think, I mean, like, you have to do that in your program, like, especially just because there are so few women, like, it can be, I don't know, easy to just kind of be like, okay, well, I'm just going to get through this. But it feels a lot better when you, like, find a space and make it. Yeah. That just reminds me of my mentor. (laughs) I didn't even, I didn't even, (laughs) I did not even plan on bringing him up this early in this conversation. But he he is my, he is my world and he's my rock right now. And explain, Um, so this is your internship (laughs) mentor. Yeah. He is a 40-year-old Ukrainian man. Uh, He moved to the States after completing grad school in Germany in 2006 and he's worked at microsoft ever since he is my star my sun my moon and all my stars yeah um and so what he does though is that he has this perfect angel daughter who's nine he literally brought her in showed her to me like presented to her her to me and was like so smug and proud just like waiting for me to react to his perfect daughter gosh which is an appropriate presentation of her because she's fabulous but anyway the point is she he was like i'm just doing everything i can to empower her to not sit idly by not like fall by the wayside or get overwhelmed because so many people are like speaking louder than her yeah because she has opinions too and she's so vibrant right now and she's so excited and I just have seen this trajectory too many times of like girl women growing up and around middle school they start to lose their place or confidence and that's so true like I I have goosebumps right now no literally I'm like Kirill please that is his name and he that is my mentor and he is just he 
provides me with such guidance. He is an oracle. And we go on walks. It's incredible. Anyway, but he is everything I needed and more this summer. But anyway, the point is, I tutor girls in um, middle school and I see it. They'll be like, I feel like I kind of know what's going on, but I never raise my hand because so many other people do it raise first. their hand first. Yeah, and 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 they make and it boys. seem like they're sure they know what's going on. Yeah, exactly. There's just a sense of I think that I think that the biggest difference between men and women is like in general, for sure, general. But like that, men lead first, and this is not a groundbreaking idea. But like men just act as though they know what is going on, even if they don't. I think we're all on the same mm. level, like playing field of knowing what's going on but women will be like i don't know if it's this i'm just saying that there is a gap and i think that we could each afford to be to move closer to the middle of it. both sides are equally unsure of the world around them and so to lead with a little bit more of certainty if you and this is what you're saying like you're like if you don't feel this way maybe listen more mm-hmm. i guess it's not even necessarily broadly gendered i mean it kind of feels gendered but even, in, like, maybe just in general. If you feel that you are leading with certainty first and, like, kind of jumping before you can really have the wherewithal to back it up or whatever it is, that's maybe... Let's maybe reconsider. And the same thing of, like, if you think you might know what's going on but you're too afraid to have a say in things, mm. you're going to be left behind. Mm-hmm. And... Anyway, he said his daughter has a friend who went, she went to the robotics club and then she got kicked at the robotics club by a boy and she was the only girl there and she never has gone back. Oh. Which, this is an entirely separate issue. (laughs) Don't kick people either. And I think it's important to realize those, like, socialized overtones or maybe the undertones where it's like, I'm definitely not the first woman to feel this way. No. And there's a reason for that. And maybe don't lead with an apology if one's not warranted. Yeah. Let yeah. Me put that out there. Um, okay, so I guess that's that on that. Um, something that I learned. Okay, this is kind of an epiphany that has come to fruition, fruition at the close of this year. I, and it's, it has been ruminating. For sure. There there have been quite the... It was quite the eventful year for me, yeah. Sophie Gee. But I will say that a, a large takeaway, and this is less academic than just life and coming of age, but I would like to tell each and every one of you out there, you are the sun. Okay, think about this. You know, you are the sun as in s-u-n biggest star in our solar system in fact the whole solar system is named after you okay yeah and just follow me the sun is consistent the sun doesn't in fact doesn't move but if we're talking about an earthly perspective rises and sets you know Mm -hmm. so it's consistent every i mean it's gonna come up it's gonna go down and there are so many, there are billions of people on this earth that can choose what they do with that information. 
They can go outside. They can stay inside. They can lay out and enjoy the sun, soak up the rays. But the sun pays no mind to what people on Earth are doing. Mm, I'm getting, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Thank you. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. It's a short walk. It's a jaunt, but we're going to get there. There are some people, though, that will work from home inside in a, in a home office all day on a windowless on a in a windowless office on a 75 and sunny Saturday and there are people like that because they've got other things to do quite frankly and they know the sun's out there but I guess the sun's it's not their time for the sun mm. Do you think that the sun frowns about that? Do you think the sun's like, wait, boy, let me stay up for a little bit longer just so you can come out? No. No. So I guess what I'm trying to say here is that there are a couple of things that I want to apply from this last year and take forward with stride. And honestly, mm. this whole thing has been a little bit messy and I do apologize. But here's what I'll say. Is that I, for a while was getting caught up on people not enjoying my race. Mm. And for a while, I would say the last 21 years, okay? Sure. And <laughs> I think that I was giving... I have been, and I probably still will do this in the future. I'm not a reformed person just yet, but fully. But I was just always... Even though there were hundreds of thousands, millions of sunbathers all across the globe... I was like, wait, but why is that why is that person working from home on this yeah. fine Saturday afternoon? That's just irrational. It's not irrational. It's normal behavior. It's normal human behavior. It is normal behavior and it but it's like so important to notice. Yeah. Yeah, it's important to be aware of the fact that this is outside of your control. There are certain boundaries that other people have there are certain agencies that are allotted to other people and they can either enjoy what you're putting out into the world or not but the important thing is that you are that you make the people around you aware of what you offer the world and other than that you have no control over the how they respond and I think I've been burned I would say in this last year um I think I was surprised by what people knew about me and the things that I did for people and what they chose to do with that information. Mm. But that's just, that's just like part of the game. That's part of life. Make sure that people earn what you're giving them. And more than that, don't just acknowledge the fact that there is no control that you don't have any control over how people receive your light. But don't let that stop you from shining. <laughs> As a graphic I posted on Instagram in seventh grade okay. says, <laughs> let your world, no, let your smile change the world, but don't let the world change your smile. That's literally, hey, and the whole thing I just said could have been summed up in two lines, and that's literally so true. Let um, your light to... change the world, but don't let the world change your light. Exactly. I also will read something from my journal. I said, I can avoid great feelings of resentment by letting people earn access to me and my love. Not a shocker. No big breaking news there. 
So... Yeah, Brene Brown said it once and she'll say it again. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So, I guess I'm just saying be careful out there. Because some people might capture your arrays and and just run with them. People are going to be foaming at the mouth for a Sophie Gee tell all after this <laughs> segment. So what do you have to say about that, if anything at all? Um, I really like it a lot. It reminds me a lot of things that I've read in Brene Brown's work about vulnerability and yeah. um, even emotional <laughs> emotional intimacy. And really just yeah. the fact that vulnerability and trust are so earned. And you cannot, totally. like, she always says live tweeting. You, so, I okay. And maybe I've said this before. And maybe everyone's heard it from her. But I think a lot of people think that vulnerability, you, you hear vulnerability and you think, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable. But it has to be earned. And vulnerability without, band- without boundaries is not vulnerable because you're just like letting it all out there yeah and so like Brene Brown says live tweeting your bikini wax is not vulnerability like just because you're telling everyone everything doesn't mean you're being vulnerable it's just the opposite and it's not healthy it's opposite of keeping everything in it's just letting everything out to whoever you know and they don't have to earn it they don't have to know you they don't have to be vulnerable in return and so I think it is such a two-way street where you can't be vulnerable with someone who's not being vulnerable with you because you have yeah. to have those boundaries and have that like mutual foundation of trust that you're building on. That was c- pretty eye-opening to me when I like really was able to internalize that because I think through a lot of growing up like I remember I would wake up on like Saturday mornings and be like, "Oh my gosh, like why did I say all those th- why did I say everything yeah, I said last night?" Like Totally. I'm so embarrassed. Like, I should not have told everyone, you know? And here's the thing. I probably told, like, one person that I had a crush on yeah. someone, you know? Yeah. Humiliating. But totally. But I think it is important to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, Sophie, I'm still on that little, I'm still on that path. But, yeah, I think that that's something that I took well, from this year. Well, we're all on the path. Like, right. It's we're like, all on the path. We're, none of us hey, are reformed people yet. We're reforming. Exactly. You're right. That's so beautiful. It's just, like, important to, I don't know, it's helpful to remember. Okay, so I kind of already touched on my mentor, Kirill. I will say that he has just brought a certain life to this summer that I could never repay him for. Wow. And he has just taught me more about life and love in the past three weeks than this girl could have ever dreamed of. So I'll just leave that there. (laughs) Um, The second thing I'd like to say, Camille, we have never quite touched on this. I have three things to touch on that we have not quite touched on. One, babysitting. Oh my gosh. Do Do you or do you not have a core memory? And this is maybe even pretty recent because I know you're a girl who isn't shy of babysitting right and you babysit you You do it too for a check (laughs) (laughs) hey and i i would do it too for a check and i have the thing is though are you or are you not like kind of nibbling at some of their treats yes eating some of their gogurts 
Yes. And throwing them away and covering your tracks. Yeah. And here's what the worst has happened, really, is, like, so I mainly babysit my cousin's kids. I really love them. They live right up the street from me, from my parents. Totally. Um, It used to be that I was the only one who knew where their treats were. Now I get there, they're climbing on the counters. They're like, we want a lollipop. We want. I'm like, I thought this was my food. The important part of it, though, are you covering it with paper towels in the trash? So it yeah, has to be a I would, little bit more discreet. Yeah, or like especially like the soda cans. And I usually am, you know, like cleaning up the kitchen after, too. I'm like, Oh, I'm cleaning up the kitchen. There's a certain fervor within me that makes me think maybe I could get away with murder. Yeah. I... I'm covering my tracks in such a way that I'm getting a little cocky. Like, what other tracks could I cover? Okay, do you follow Rosie Card on Instagram? No, but I do know who that is. On her Instagram stories a few weeks ago, for some reason I was looking, she was asking all the things people would do when they were babysitting. Sophie, you you guys, I'm going to see if she still has it like on her story highlights because my jaw was on the floor. I cannot believe what a tame babysitter I was. I was, we were, and you probably were too, perfect angels. Yeah. Never did anything wrong in our lives. Okay, I wish I could find this because it's not here, but like people were like reading the parents' journals, like going through drawers, like trying on the mom's clothes. So that's my stop because I did try on the mom's clothes. Here's (gasps) here's what I said. The mom is my cousin Whitney. Shout out to okay, Whitney. She's yeah. definitely not She's listening. She's not listening but to this. It's somebody different to when it's could. your cousin. It is different. I never would have been doing this to anyone else. But here's the thing. She knew I was doing that. I th- I was fully 12 years old. <gasps> like, why was anybody letting a 12-year-old babysit no, no, any t- type of child? But I was 12. And, I, and we were around the same size. And that's humbling. That's humbling. <laughs> Um, but as a mother of two at that point, but whatever. And I was trying on her J crew selects. Like (laughs) she had the top of, she had this, she had statement necklaces that could make a grown man cry. Okay. And yeah, I was trying those on and I was trying on the fuchsia shade shirts. And I mean, she was honestly like a trendsetter. Wait, so and there were wait, fur and so coats she involved. knew you were trying this on? She did because one time I I was in You're a way brazen. perceptive. Yeah, and I I heard her or like could tell she was talking to my aunt about it being like that's just what hap- that's just par for the course. That's what happens. I don't think do she you, I don't think she cared too much. Do you think that you just like didn't fold things well? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, I was 12. Like I thought I thought I was doing something. I don't know of very many 12-year-olds that could try on... I was trying on, I would say, around 20 different no. articles of clothing a night with my friends that no. I would bring babysitting. Yes, Camille. So, so I guess take a second and stop and think the next time you say, we were both perfect angels because okay. I guess here, well, here's that's my stop. I babysat my cousin's kids overnight a few months ago, uh, okay. last fall. And yeah, it was raining in the morning and I hadn't, I hadn't packed a raincoat. Yeah, you better believe I was wearing her Arteryx raincoat to her children's Whoa. soccer game. And that was just to necessity at that point. No, yeah. That, that is just a business expense. Okay, you're right. Okay. I guess there's <sighs> okay. one perfect angel of the two of us. 
Yeah. <laughs> it, but you and, the, like, and we all... I'm sure knew. I'm blocking things out, too, is the other thing. No. Here's the thing. First of all, if there's one perfect angel between the two of us, everyone listening knows exactly which one that <laughs> is. But secondly, I would like to say that... I don't think I would have been doing it if, it if she wasn't my cousin. No. And frankly, I'm not sure who else I would have been the same size as. She's a petite woman. Yeah. And I was 12. The last... Okay, so I'm not a workout class girly. In fact, I don't think I've been to one in the last calendar year. Me neither. But do you recall the last 45 minutes of a workout class? Or, sorry, the last 15 minutes at at the 45 minute mark of a workout class you've got 15 minutes left let's even push it to you say you have 10 minutes left okay okay that 10 minutes that home stretch that rush of adrenaline and even endorphins like you're you've got it in the bag what you just did was a work of art that last 50 minutes that was beautiful, and nobody did it like you, and you have only 10 more minutes. When that instructor says 10 more minutes, when the clock says 50, are you not, is that not a high that you're willing to chase for the rest of your days? Here's what I'm going to say. I'm thinking about myself in a high fit class right now. Okay. Which, if if our listeners have never um, been exposed to high fitness, it's like a dance workout. Sure. And I would say it's intense. Have you done it, Sophie? Well, I've done, like, Zumba. Is it like that? It's, like, more intense. Oh, gosh. Not, not to brag. <laughs> not to brag, but it's way harder no. than Zumba. It's to be expected, yeah. Personally, I'm, I'm not going to rest until we're on the cool-down song. And that's when that when feeling that? starts flooding in. The last... Five minutes left? Last, yeah. Then I'm like, okay, I'm awesome. But before that, I'm like, ten minutes left. I might not make okay. it. Because that's okay. when they're doing you're the arm so right. songs. That's when they're doing the arm songs. Oh, you're never putting your arms the, down. If, they, if they're doing the arm songs, I'm not going. Because I'm not an arm girly. It's, yeah. No, but it is awesome. And, like, especially, oh, I danced growing up. And, like, I truly, for a few years of it, I would just spend the whole time, like, looking at the clock. Like, get totally, me out of here. Totally, totally. But totally. then when you're, like, you're in the last, yeah, yeah, the last ten minutes, yeah, you are, like, okay, I'm a dancer. Yeah. I am a dancer. This is my home. Are we humans or are we dancers? We're dancers. Exactly. If there's nothing after this, if there's nothing after this life, if there's nothing after this 10 minutes, I'll be be okay. Fulfilled. Knowing that that I did did what what I came here to do. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Well, and more than that, you kind of struck something in me when you said looking at the clock. I want, I'll raise you this. We had eight-hour practices on drill team, I would say, three to four times a season. We had these eight hours, okay? They were child labor, and they were also cruel and unusual punishment. But that goes without saying I don't think you've ever mentioned on here that you were on drill team. And frankly, I don't know if you told me that you were on drill team. I knew you had a stint on cheer. Is that the same thing? No, that is what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't worry. I'm not gatekeeping information like that. And the only reason I'm not holding my head high about that time in my life is because it is deep, deeply rooted trauma. And I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily make light of it. Well, very clearly, often. because they were holding eight hour practices. Eight hour practices, but Camille, 
this is how you knew I was destined for the world of math and not the world of drill team, was that I was looking at that clock and I was like, all right, seven hours and 30 minutes. Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) that's how much time is left. All right, so that's 15 increments of 30 minutes. That's 30 increments of 15 minutes and so on and so forth. And I was... And I was tallying. I was tallying on the on the walls. I can't totally remember if the, it was with my mechanical pencil or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was. I was making tallies of the 30-minute increments. And more than that, I was making tallies of the 15-minute increments. I was counting in my head so much more than I was dancing. It probably... It was problematic. And you know how I know it was problematic is because I, among three of my peers were the only three people not or two of my peers were the only three people not included on the state team so we actually had to drive to yakima washington which is in fact i know what you're saying i know what you're thinking oh so vicky is that the palm springs of washington yeah it is oh it is yakima well that's what their claim to fame is yes yakima is the palm springs of washington okay it is and in fact we went there and it was so bleak it was such a dark time in my life and we just had me alongside my two besties we just had to watch our team perform at state oh so that's i guess you could say i wasn't putting my back into it and the last eight hour practice i knew i wasn't going to try out again for the team next year and so in fact i i just didn't show up to that one yeah that's got to and And I had multiple missed calls from my coach and the team captain. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But I didn't have a license, so, you know. Sorry. Not going to make it. You win some, you lose some. Okay. Next. You mentioned that you did not have this concept in your elementary school. Yeah. That's a hard hit. But I'll explain. A birthday buddy. A birthday buddy was... (laughs) Every birthday, you were allowed to bring a treat of your choice. Hopefully, there wasn't a nut nut allergy buzzkill in the crowd. Sometimes there was, but and if that's the case, you literally and had we to, all like, make remember sure exactly store-bought. who that was. Yeah, and and it's not their fault, but I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say I can find anyone else to blame it on. You know? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so basically. You could bring your own treats, and then you could pick a select one person to, in fact, walk walk through the aisles like royalty. It was like oh the Met Gala. Gosh. Walk through the aisles of those desks, passing out those homemade sugar cookies. My mom was always making pink sugar cookies for oh. me. It was incredible, and my birthday buddy, shout out to Lindsay Langton. It was her birthday buddy, but, but a higher rush than that was you being selected to be the birthday buddy. Yeah. I bet you could guess that, but yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. May, May 10th, Lindsay Langton's birthday. May 10th rolls around. I'm not missing that. I could have, I could be attached to an iron lung and I'm, <laughs> I'm at school on and May And you're 10th. at school ready, ready for Lindsay's birthday. <laughs> yeah, I could have jaundice and I'm at school and I'm passing out. She was a, she was a cupcake girl. She okay. was a cupcake girl and her mom worked and didn't wasn't the baking domestic goddess maybe sure neither was mine right and so it was it was Safeway cupcakes and nobody could fault her for those because we're all eating that nut free we're all eating that frosting first it was always the most 
offensive colors just in general no fault to Lindsay Nickton that's just what Safeway provided yeah and even if you're lucky a couple of the cupcakes had plastic rings on top yeah, yeah. and you just so, lick the little frosting off yeah and you wear that baddie and with pride so I just wanted to kind of share that I just felt like I had to share that okay thank you um can I add <laughs> okay well, let me tell you, when you started talking about that rush, here's what came to my mind. Let's talk yeah. about the person who got to walk, whoever got hurt in PE class, to the office to get ice. No! Camille. Even better yes. would be if they had a bloody nose. You were the one to lead them while they had their head tilted back or tilted forward, yeah. whichever one the teacher yeah. told them. Yeah. Applying <laughs> pressure with, a, with one of those brown paper towels that do not absorb anything. And let's talk about the inconsistency in that. Yeah. I think it's head forward. Because they would forward. just say... It's head okay. <laughs> But people and did say back on the back for a neck. Yeah, people said yeah. a lot of crazy things. People said a lot of crazy yeah. things. And that was a thrill like no other. And let me just say, Absolutely. I was a frequent flyer in the office. Uh, I, right. They, they see me walk in and say, just go get your ice, Camille. It's almost like my head was a target for any boy playing wall ball. And so it's sad. almost like I loved Miss Maggie and Miss Irene in the front office. And I would take any opportunity to have to get some ice from the little mini yeah. fridge in the nurse's office. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to say. I also wanted to say my mom, not a baker. Love her to right. death, not a baker. So here's what I remember bringing for my lunch or my birthday treat. Apple strudel from... Fresh market. Not good. Not good? Well, it was like mini strudels. Like, my mom also not a big sweets person. Okay. <laughs> um, that was just one year, though. I wonder what it was the other years. I, I do think we probably did it multiple years. But she okay. came and helped us pass it out. We didn't have birthday buddies. I have the same birthday as Dr. Seuss. And for yeah. some reason... Were they say, were they serving green eggs and ham on Dr. Seuss? Oh, uh, I don't think so. Okay. Not in Michelle Obama's America. Here's what I will say. For some reason, like, elementary schoolers celebrate Dr. Seuss's birthday sometimes. <laughs> and one time Not, I yeah. was in, because the, the neighboring elementary school to ours, Dilworth, they would, like, their whole school would have a celebration for Dr. Seuss Day on March 2nd. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Literally, why? Because if there's one thing you can count on, it's his birthday coming once, but once a year. And he was so influential and, yeah, a bit anti-Semitic. And, yeah, and yeah have we learned? I would no. hope. I hope that's not still going on. But at the same time, I enjoyed it while it lasted. It burned brightly, that fire. The anti-Semitism or the celebrations? <laughs> no. Okay, the celebrations. <laughs> Okay, let's. I just wanted to clarify that. Let's for the all get something really clear. Let's get something really clear. I meant the stint of celebrating Dr. Seuss okay, because what, I do I just love. To for the people. I, I love a good Whoville. So here's what happened to me one year. Mm-hmm. I'm in the lunchroom. It's my birthday, March second. I'm okay. wearing the birthday hat. The birthday hat. Looks like a birthday cake. It has candles sticking up out of it. Some imbecile in the lunchroom says to me, 
Are you wearing that hat for Dr. Seuss's birthday? Okay. Can't. That's. And that. Inexcusable. Was my villain origin story. Yeah. That. You should have thrown. You should have taken it off and thrown it at him. It's my birthday. Okay. And you say. And you. And you say. You know the thing about me. I'm far from anti-Semitic. Take that. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. going to be looking back on this in shame and disgust one of these yeah. coming years. Yeah. And you won't even be able to sleep. You won't even be able to look at yourself in the mirror. And you won't even be able to sleep at night. <laughs> and me? I'm going to be sleeping like a baby. Sleeping like <laughs> a baby every born mirror on March is going to be turned my way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just me and Dr. Seuss. <laughs> yeah. That Just two is incredible. I hope they haven't amounted to very much, that person. Yeah, I mean, I'm willing to give them some grace, but <laughs> I was seriously offended. All right, let's talk about this. Pavlovian responses. Yeah. What can a girl like me do? And I say this, I, I pose this question having three ideas already at the top of my mind. But to incite a Pavlovian response in men... Did you see a TikTok about this? No, is okay, there that is I that did. going around? Uh, okay. It was a, it was a couple months ago. Okay, no, my my good friend Haley McBride introduced this question to me. Love that girl. But I'd love to hear your response. I don't know if it's podcast appropriate. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, yeah, we'll table that for later. Okay. Okay, but I'd love to. I'd love to take this conversation offline and. Yeah, and we will. Yeah. Okay. The three things I did come up with. This is just a notes app that's empty. Otherwise, it says, "Say their name, give them stick of gum, hug, (laughs) smell good." (laughs) Cause listen to this. Imagine you're just imagine you're just talking to someone. Well, not you because you're not on the market. Sure. But imagine you were, and I say, "Thank you so much, Camille." Are you not a little bit enticed? Are you not a little bit... By you saying my name? Yeah. Sure. I'm looking up classical conditioning, which is the Pavlovian, you know, Pavlov. Yeah. 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 yeah, That guy. (laughs) So here's what we need, Sophie. We need a biologically potent stimulus, for example, Okay, smelling good. Oh. Paired... With a previously neutral stimulus, like a bell. Mmm. So, we need... Oof. Saying their name, though, it, it could be just, like, a mundane conversation is the neutral. And then, but I'm giving them a little sweet treat. No, no. Okay. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think that you saying their name is the neutral. And you need to tie that to a biologically potent stimulus. <gasps> Okay, now you're on to something. <laughs> Smug, smirk, and shakes head. Okay, what if I say their name every time I hug them? Okay, that could work. Okay. Kind of weird, though. Oh. <laughs> I'm just looking at my list, and it's short. Because I also have give them a stick of gum. <laughs> I could give them a stick of gum while doing something neutral. Okay, okay, I have an idea. Okay, lay it on us. You always give them a really sour candy, okay? Mmm, okay. 
So the sour candy is the biologically potent stimuli. Mm-hmm. You I'm are neutral. the previously neutral. Previously neutral. <laughs> no <laughs> Emphasis longer. on previous. Pretty soon, every time they see you, their mouth is watering. That. That's going to seal the deal. Pretty soon, every man within a five-foot radius, radius of me is going to be stirred. Drooling. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you want to you wanna lay it on us with these summer goals? Yeah. So here's the thing. I don't have a lot of specific summer goals. Not a very specific girl all the time. But here's what I will say. The first thing I'm going to say, I don't want my mom to listen to this. Not because it's anything bad, but because she's told me this many, many times, and I'm stubborn. Yeah. Yeah. And I will We're about to talk about what we're getting for Mother's Day. So skip ahead if you're... (laughs) Yeah, and and it is June. It's end of June. Here's what I'm going to say. And maybe no one check in with me about this for at least a week, because I haven't done it yet, Okay. Yeah, so calm down. Calm down, everyone. But here's the thing. You know how people are always like, oh, I hate that people are right when they say, if you sleep well, if you eat good food, if you exercise, you feel so good. And I'm always like, yeah, I hate that people say that. But I'm, I'm like, maybe I should do a little experiment. And maybe mm, yeah. I should Don't just really it. do it. Because I would say... I've been able to achieve two out of the three, and not, like, two in specific, two in particular, you know? Like, mm-hmm. at different times, I've had at least two of those. But, Kay. or one, honestly, maybe. But I think it's time for three out of three. So, Sleep, say them again. eat, move. I think it's go time. And, and here's what I'll say, um, maybe a simple joy of the summer, which I was also doing. No, I, I think this has started kind of in the more summery time. Sometimes this really gets me out of bed. I get up, I walk towards the home of my good friend slash actual boyfriend, Tommy. We meet slash in the middle. actual boyfriend. Yeah. If anyone didn't know. And then we walk to Provo Bakery and get a donut. Yeah. Let Pavlovian me tell you, response. Yeah. If there's something that's going to get me out of bed in the morning, yeah. going on a walk with Tommy to get a donut. What flavor are we getting? Well... So we walked to Provo Bakery, awesome freaking place, awesome place, and another motivator. The earlier we get there, the more donuts there are. Definitely. Lately, I've been getting the cinnamon knot, cinnamon twist, if you will. Delicious. So that's um, something I want to say. Here's another thing I want to say. I have long put myself in a box of being really not athletic. And in fact, I even have a shirt that says not good at any sports and here's the thing that's Uh totally fine but I don't want to pent I don't want to put myself in a little box more than I need to Mm. and so I'm trying to let go of some of my shame this is you know this is all about claiming space people have been saying for years you know come play pickleball come play pickleball okay well here's the thing I say okay fine but I'm so bad you guys are not gonna like it they're like no you can't be that bad I'm horrible last summer I had to play with some of our old roommates, God rest their souls. Well, they're God all rest you married and gentlemen. with us, and I love them, but they're not my roommates, which is really sad. But I had to play with Anya's boyfriend Mitchell, who is also my friend Mitchell. He, there's no way he's listening to this, but I wish he would. He was. Yeah, so I know. I know a way we could get him to listen to the podcast. Put on by releasing it. our episode with him. Oh, okay, that's true, Mitchell. 
If you're listening to this, I'm sorry that we never released our episode with you. That's to come. It's in the world to come. Mitchell was so nice because I lost us almost every single point. It was the ma- thankfully, mercifully, the match went quickly because I just kept losing. It was horrible. Yeah. So this summer things are different because I have a boyfriend who I can say, you don't understand. We have to go with just us two so I can train in totally. order to not be so embarrassed when we play with someone else. So we've been playing pickleball and it's been really fun. And I'm So proud. are you getting better? Yeah. And that's, that's and a this win is coming from feminism. a girl who spent four years, all four years of high school, on the developmental team of the tennis team, which, yeah, is below JV and yeah. really is meant for someone to only remain on for, at most, their first season on the team. Hey, but you can't put our girl in a box. Please don't put our girl in a box. Literally, don't put me in a box. So that's, that's awesome. kind of been exciting. And I don't know. I just feel like I need to. Well, I'm really excited to hear what you're going to say because I feel like you're having a really intentional spiritual summer and I would like to incorporate some of your um your thoughts and your practices into mine. Absolutely. Let let's that well first of all I'm honestly inspired by you and trying to get into that because I I'm sitting here thinking and I'm like, you know, you're saying you're so untalented or you're untalented, you're unathletic in this regard. Um, no, the, I, and I say, and I've never heard one person that I'm like, oh yeah, I'd probably be better at them. Uh, any, any, I'm like, no, Camille would still be better at, than me at Pickleball. I and don't I think that's true. wholeheartedly believe that. I have it on good authority by, I would say around five different sources that I am the least athletic person that they know. Okay. But here's the thing is when we were roommates, here's. And this is kind of like, you are good at not putting yourself in a box. Because when we were roommates, Sophie Grayski would be up at the crack of dawn to, I'm not kidding, run, jog, to the gym. Here's the thing, you guys. I've gone into the gym maybe three times in my entire life. They were all freshman year with my good friend Ellie Monson, now Ellie Orton. And it was just because I would go with her and I would just do exactly what she did. Yeah. I'm way too scared to step foot in there. And Sophie Gee is not. And I really respect and fear her for that. <sighs> I got to get back on that grind, though. I have been going on a lot of walks because I'm blessed to live in such a beautiful place this summer in Seattle. And it just recently started to get a little sunny around here. Awesomeness. So I'll have the perfect walks flushed out by the time Camille and Tommy visit me in Yay. August. Cannot wait. Think about it daily. All right. Let's go through my goals this summer. So I would like to talk about a transformative drive home that I had. I drove home from Provo, Utah to Sammamish, Washington. I I could not speak higher of solo road trips. I, I just had so much time. I was feeling the most creative I have ever felt. It's when I got a lot of inspiration for things I want to write about on my blog. My blog is can be found at fkagrace.com, formerly known as grace.com. Um that I oh. I went home and I immediately I was coding that baddie and then I was dangerously typing in my notes app while driving and I did get a ticket, not for that though. For speeding, much worse. Um not like other girls worse. I just was hit with a strike of just love and a newfound purpose 
And here's what really helped. The podcast by Glennon Doyle. Okay. It's Glennon Doyle, We Can Do Hard Things, specifically the May 9th episode, episode 94 with Liz Gilbert. Okay. There's two parts. And we both loved par- it. We loved it. Eleanor Larson showed it to me. I showed it to Camille. There are two parts. They are both so good. I would say that the second part was much more profound to me than the first part, but you might as well listen to both because the first part's kind of necessary for the second part. But in the second part, Liz Gilbert shared her spiritual practices and she talked about the God of her understanding. And she talked about how she kind of had been stuck in this rhythm of prayer and she kind of felt lost of like, didn't know where to fit. Cause she wasn't really raised. If I'm remembering correctly, she wasn't raised with a, or an or inside an organized religion. And so she was saying that her version of God or like in her mind, God will come to each and every one of us in the way that we understand. And that was like, Oh, of course. Right. God is omnipotent. And of course, God is going to arrive, like, meet us where we are. Obviously, I've heard this many, many times. But for the first time, I was like, wait, let me just try this. Because what she does with her, with the God of her understanding, she will every morning write to the to the God of love or the God of charity and receive a response in written form. And she was reading the response, and it was just so touching. It was talking about, like, my I, most precious baby. My precious baby, which is so cute. Anyway, and she was like, it was just this long response of like, let me do the rest. Like, let me take control and I will like guide you and I will release this control or need for control. I will. It was very beautiful. Honestly, everyone just listened to it. But the point is, I was like, yes, that is what this is all about is like, humility of course these are probably like such bare bones realizations but i'm just like yes that is why belief and worship to something higher than ourselves is so important because we need to be humbled we as human beings will like need something to worship and if we can't fill that void with a deity that we understand then it will be then in its place will come Success, money, mm. selfishness, like just terrible things that are objectively bad. And so, mm. or like the worship of them is objectively bad. And so I think that that's our mission here on earth is to just like find the most effective spiritual practices for ourselves. So I have been making sure to get outside every day mm-hmm. and find, oh, okay. Well, what I will say is that on the drive home, Instead of my normal prayer that I'm used to and I've done all my life, I just started talking. And and in fact, I started looking into the sun and talking. I was just (laughs) like, okay, listen, I don't know what I'm doing. And then it was just this very, very vulnerable, like, I have no idea. I am so naive in this respect. I'm so, I feel so juvenile here. Like, please help me. Take me on this journey. And it was... I will just never forget it. And it was just like, and I'm not, I'm saying this to hopefully encourage people if you're feeling a similar way to just like do what makes the most sense to you. Maybe like writing something down to a God or like, or a prayer you're used to 
makes the most sense to you or maybe you're already receiving these confirmations but it was just like for the first time I felt like God will come to me in a way I understand and like God is real and out there and I am so grateful that I have that knowledge and like the rest of what I can do and work towards is just try is just like to honor that God Mm. and and if I do those things like there's no going wrong like kind of what what of like not being afraid of like saying the wrong thing or doing it wrong just like trusting that like you are understood perfectly yeah and so like your efforts are being accepted like fully yeah with your good intentions and that that will, like, that God can meet you where you are. Yeah. And isn't, like, oh, you don't know enough or you said the wrong thing. Yeah. And I think even more, like, in our out in our external interactions or, like, decision-making, if we can just, like, try our best and leave the rest to God and find a way to communicate with God to, like, receive confirmation about these things... But truly just, like, give up that need for control and just say, okay, it's in God's hands. Like, obviously, I'm trying my hardest and I'm doing what I think is best. But, like, at the end of the day, it's God's plan for us. That is so... It's honestly, like, it's so hard to get to that point. And every day is a struggle of being like, well, what if this happens? What if this happens? Like, I don't know when I will feel the this, like, grand relief if I ever will. But, like... It can bring such a sense, and it does bring such a sense of comfort to know that, like, that is the highest form of living is just, like, being comfortable in a realm with where you're trusting in God. Mm. And I tell you, it has been, it's, like, work, obviously. Every day is, like trying to find peace of mind and a calm place to pray and meditate and like just talk out loud I'm literally talking to myself if you are in the Sammamish greater area you've seen me talking to myself but like I want to be in constant communication I want to kind of like open it's a cell tower sort of thing like I want to make sure that the signal is open and I'm ready to receive. Like, I want God's hand in my life, and in order to have that happen, I need to be, like, as clear of distractions and interruption as possible, and, like, take myself out of the equation in some ways. Like, I don't know what's best, and so if I can just ignore my pride, the best outcome will ensue. But it's hard. Yeah. And I'm not doing it right. But, like, anyway, I'm trying. And that's this summer. That's my goal this summer. (laughs) And you might be thinking to yourself, this sounds quite monastic. And you would be right. And that's why this is the summer of... None. I would like to say I am... N-U-N. I am embarking on a none summer. No distractions, no nonsense, definitely no boys, even though I was talking about that 
Pavlovian response. That's for the fall. Come September yeah. 1st. Watch That's out, That's for world. the school year. I'm trying really hard to make sacrifices. I'm trying to put myself second, where God is first. Um, my words of the summer say, feminine divine. No more men. <laughs> Cannot think about a romantic prospect or fl- flirtation with men until September 1st. Wow. I'd also say that f- feminine deni- divine encapsulates a sort of sun-like presence where don't don't move you know just shine brightly and be confident in what you're giving to the world and let see who comes to sunbathe okay Mm. religious deep dive so this in my life means i'm reading i'm reading some canonized works Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for truth where I can find it. Um, sacrifice and obey. Notice what types of service will be most effective around the house, because I am currently living with my parents. Sure. Um, and try to understand what sacrifice and obedience would resonate the most with them so how can i sacrifice for them in a way that will that they'll actually receive it okay this last one is shine uninterrupted effervescence do not give up on being the sun make sure your rays what are widespread and that no one is excluded but balance love and inclusion with healthy boundaries that weed out manipulation and potential resentment. The sun is unwavering in its placement. Do not come to them. Okay, but basically, there's more. There's going to be more on my blog, by the way, if you guys are interested in embarking on this journey. I think we might as well come up with... I say, if we both do our own independent research in the next couple of weeks, let's come back and batter than ever with another episode about this. I think you're right. Okay, let's just... Let's, that was a lot to close. I'm so sorry. I do have to pick my mom up from the airport, which is in line with my goal. Sacrifice, yeah. Of sacrificing. So I'm sacrificing my big break in this, my career as a podcaster for my mom. So I hope she feels her, happy. Yeah. No, me too. Here's what we'll say is I that Sophie and I are going pretty. to keep working on this. And we're going to be back yeah. with results. Yeah. We, results. That's um, a line from my... Favorite movie, Angus Lungs and Perfect Sogging. Yeah. So basically, yeah, this is just a summer series, I would say. And we're only, we're just nearly brazing the surface. Literally. Um, I would like to say (laughs) I am changing on camera a little peep show for Camille. Yeah. But I would like to say over and out and just stay big right stay big and tell us what you're doing um yeah this summer like mentally emotionally spiritually physically yeah financially yeah. let yeah. us know if you need aid yeah 